1: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliette Jacobs. The good folks of Zero Waste Malaysia continue to work towards building a waste-free and sustainable future for Malaysia with a mission to drive social and systemic change for a sustainable future in our country. They have been keeping busy. Last month, which was Plastic Free July, saw the team collaborating with Haramakers, Makers where they launched a 10-metre-tall installation made with three tonnes of plastic bags at the Community Space Park at Subang Ria. They were also busy working on the Trashpedia outreach program, uh, which is an extension of their Trashpedia program. So today on the show, I'm going to find out more about this from Kuo Suyi. She's the co-founder and director of Zero Waste Malaysia. Welcome Suyi. How are you today? Hello, Julia. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Good to have you back on the show. Um, So, yes, you know, we did not manage to catch up in July, which was uh, plastic-free July. But I know, as I mentioned, you guys were really, really busy. Uh, can you just remind us, can we talk about that balloon first? Yeah, <laughs> that <gasps> that mega, it was huge. Uh, yeah. What was the idea behind it? Can you just share that with us? Uh, I think this idea actually came
0: from Hara Makers because uh, in conjunction with Plastic Free July, we actually approached by Hara Makers, who is a very amazing Um, community that actually trying to push the message on single-use plastic Mm. yeah so uh, they approached zero waste malaysia wanted to actually do an event together so uh, since december last year Mm. they already have conducted multiple workshops in different uh, education institutions uh, companies malls whatever places that we can think of <laughs> to, uh, to invite people <laughs> to learn about single-use plastic. And also uh, through this uh, DIY workshops, every one of them or every participants will get to uh, make one like uh, a panel. That and make entirely from disposable uh, plastic that they pick up from their river cleanup, or even uh, people can just bring their own and then DIY themselves. So, uh, through these workshops, they're able to deliver the message about single use plastic. And together with Zero Waste Malaysia, uh, we had this event that we call SUP Rice, Mm -hmm. Sub Rice, Mm -hmm. um, uh, to showcase this uh, piece of. giant massive installations that make entirely a uh, joint effort from all of the communities including uh they also conduct workshops in sabah as well so okay. they even uh educate people from um from different background different area different communities on these issues and together they join uh this uh to make this whole uh, giant balloon okay. yeah but of course um, during that event day during sub event it's not just about that balloon showcase <laughs> <laughs> yes. but also uh, Zero Waste Malaysia also conducted uh, the Trashpedia Outreach Program to also educate people on how they can segregate their recyclables uh, how they can identify uh, recyclables non-recyclables and also most importantly what they can do beyond recycling which is the zero waste lifestyle mm-hmm. so also thanks to to um, uh, the venue itself because it's a uh, it's a interesting venue that we haven't uh, yet to explore which is in a community space like uh, it's like a center around a park yeah so we also get to attract um, uh, some of the attention from the runners joggers mm, people okay. who jogs around yeah. yeah so it's more on uh, having interesting crowds from uh non-zero waste or people who do not know about zero waste movement, but they get to know more about this awareness and also this uh, issues um through all this um interesting uh platform. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And
1: I I just want to quickly go back to that balloon because, you know, it was so huge. right? And I guess people are wondering, what is the purpose of that? right? I mean, what was the message that you were trying to get across? Uh, Because what was it? It was you collected, I mean, Haramakers collected over 2000 kilograms of waste, you know, and of that, I think uh, in a statement, they said 60% comprised of single use uh, plastic items, right? Yeah, maybe you can elaborate on that just very quickly.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, so the whole uh the whole main message of the balloon installation is actually wanted to raise the awareness about single-use mm. plastic mm. and also wanted to really encourage people to say no to single-use plastic. So when we talk about single-use plastic, it's referring to um um, our snack packaging that cannot be recycled or even uh, the flimsy uh, delivery packaging parcel that cannot be recycled. That yeah. is uh, the single-use plastic that we are talking about. The reason being is because uh, Haramakers, they have been doing um, a lot of works, uh that referring to river cleanup. Mm. Uh, so they always conduct river cleanup every Saturday morning around KTM Segambut. Uh, that area. So what they found out is around 50% of their plastic waste are actually non-branded. Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, so when we mention about non-branded means they cannot identify who which corporates or which brand actually uh manufacture this uh, packaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this also gave us a very big uh, learning that or uh, when it comes to um our advisors uh in order to push extended producer responsibility. This kind of uh, challenging, for example, how do we get every producer to make sure their brand is on the packaging itself? So it's easier for us to identify Mm. and also uh, to reflect on how we can also improve the packaging uh, as a whole uh, sort of uh, towards a more uh, sustainability direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because it's things like those ikatapi or the straws or plastic bags or things like that, right?
0: Yes, yes. Uh, there's no, like, uh, company names. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> or We so can't to, identify. Can't identify, yeah, I can't do an unbranded. audit,
1: right? Yes, yes, yes exactly. And and you mentioned yes. something very important, right? The extended producer responsibility. So that's, uh, I guess, you know, one of the major strategies, right, that's been highlighted in the Malaysian Plastics Conservation Framework 2021 to 2030, you know, and that's part of the country's, I guess, efforts, right, to find a solution to post-consumer waste such as plastic. Could, could you just um, elaborate on that for us, you know, just so we can get an idea of what it's about?
0: Mm, sure um because we always have uh, a sort of like misconceptions about our consumer is responsible Mm. for any uh waste uh, productions but uh if let's say we are blaming uh, we are uh, shifting the responsibility to consumer i don't think it's a fair statement so that's why uh, a lot of uh a lot of uh, policies or a lot of regulations has been uh, has been placed mandatory on uh, in other foreign countries uh, that actually make sure that there is an environmental policy approach okay. in which the responsibility also plays on the producer itself so this is very important because um Consum- uh, as a consumer, myself, we do need to hold a responsibility yes. to make sure we segregate our waste properly. But also, it's also part of the very important responsibility for producer to make sure they are able to rethink how they design their packaging, how they re- that, uh, redesign their product to last longer mm-hmm. or to uh, package or maybe use a more uh, durable material that is not easily... Uh, a uh, spoiled, broken, and that also the packaging itself is minimal as well. So this is um the. Sort of like a layman term for extended producer responsibility to put responsibility to producer to making sure that whenever they design their product or even the whole supply chain, Mm. they actually take environmental as part of their considerations in the whole ecosystem.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, we have that plan right in place. We want to have it implemented by twenty thirty, but I mean, we're not quite there, right? We're still we're still trying to figure it out. and is there a lot of work in terms of, like, I know you, you've you been attending like uh, uh, sessions and things like that, right? With the government, you know, how are you working towards that uh, through Zero Waste Malaysia as well?
0: Uh, yeah, so from Zero Waste Malaysia, because we uh, work mostly with the on-ground community, uh, and also more mostly on the downstream part, but also we try to really uh, work on upstream as in how we can prevent creating waste from the very first place. Mm-hmm. So this uh, being done uh, together with corporate clients on how they can instill sustainability mindset to their employees. So uh, the most practical part from, uh, from Zero Waste Malaysia at a corporate education engagements, we do really taking care of um, how much waste that they have reduced at their office level. Ah,
1: uh, okay, okay. Yeah, so
0: to really make them uh, to be part of the ecosystem where they also take care of their office waste. Yeah, but in terms of like a government uh, stakeholder meeting, we share our findings, okay. uh, we share our stakeholder, our our perspective of our stakeholder where uh, which level do they think... Um, hold the most I res- uh, should hold the most accountability so we hope that with all of uh, our stakeholders survey findings we are able to also deliver the key uh, results or the key data to our uh, government but yeah. i would say the process is very slow lah. yeah to be honest very slow and uh uh it, it definitely takes uh longer than we expected yeah so okay. right now um the meetings are not so much going on
1: as well. So we are still waiting updates from, uh, from the government as well. Okay, okay. Because I do know that WWF Malaysia, uh, you know, they have an EPR policy review booklet, right, which they published in 2021. And that sort of uh, examined existing policies and laws related to EPR packaging in Malaysia and other countries, but also uh, they listed the gaps, right? And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the gaps, you know, is something that we are also going to be talking about, which is the, there's an unstandardized waste collection system, right, due to different jurisdictions. But also there is just a lack of awareness, right, on waste segregation or waste separation at the source as well, right? Right. and that's where I guess you know trashpedia also comes in right we're trying to educate uh people about how they can do that um but let's just go for a quick break so when we come back let's talk more about you know how we can and how we should be uh segregating our waste especially our plastic waste and how trashpedia can actually help us do that I'm speaking today to ko Suyi she is the co-founder and director of zero waste Malaysia uh, we're talking about well the work that they that they do which is always good work you know trying to get us to be uh, less uh, to consume less plastic and to use less single-use plastic but we are also going to focus on the Trashpedia Outreach Programme, uh, which is going to help us learn how to you know, properly uh, clean and segregate our plastic waste. We'll continue that discussion after this break. Keep it here on Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs on the line with me today, Khor the co-founder and director of Zero Waste Malaysia. We are talking about the work that they do uh, towards building a waste-free and sustainable future for Malaysia. Uh, but today we want to focus especially on something called the Trashpedia Outreach Program, uh, which is a which is an extension of the Trashpedia Program uh, that they launched. What was it? A couple of years ago? I can't remember now. So it's uh, more than more than two years, right? Yeah, I I yeah. I I, <laughs> myself, I, also uh, I think last uh, official launch last year with last year. Uh, uh four main Malaysian languages. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So I mean, it's it's been around. Um, let's just go back in time. Let's just uh, remind our listeners about what Trashpedia or the Trash Encyclopedia was uh, in its original form or in its uh, yeah in its first form. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, just now, when we talk about our uh, stakeholder finding, uh, we also try to identify what is the pain and problem of our uh, stakeholders when uh, what kind of challenges that they face uh, during their on their uh, way of a sustainability journey. So, a lot of findings we find out that is that people do not know how to recycle, Mm -hmm. how to segregate, or even where to recycle because a lot of us will feel a bit discouraged when 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 we see um the trash or the recyclables that we separated putting outside our house and then get uh get brought up by the trash uh, trash truck and then suddenly uh they mix it everything together. Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so this is the scenario where we um where we observe or I, I would say where we where we see that it might be also discouraging. Lah. So that's why uh, when it comes to this uh, identifying this uh, pain and problem, we also try to find a way to, eh, to see how we can produce a resources that, is, uh, that are able to work as a tools for community, for the public to actually learn on waste segregations, how, where and what they can do about it. So that's why we produce this uh, Trash Encyclopedia, which is a uh, Mm, sort of like a 101 go-to place uh, whenever you have any uh, questions regarding to any of your most common household waste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so in Trash Encyclopedia, we feature about 101 most common household waste uh, that produce at home on how you can uh, segregate whether or not if it's recyclable and where to where can you actually send it to, uh, to your nearby uh, recycling centre that uh, some of our communities have been visited and feel like, oh it's uh, reliable. Okay. So this is the tools where we uh, find out that oh it will be very uh, helpful for people. And also when it comes to recyclability we also share about uh, we also did some survey finding to really find out how Malaysians, uh what is their understanding level? So a lot of us um till now there are still a lot of us uh, confused about if uh paper cup is recyclable. Correct, yeah, yeah. and where a lot of uh, finding is find out that a lot of people will f- still we still see that oh, paper cup is just paper, so I can throw it in a paper bin. But they do not know actually in a paper cup, usually there is a layer of plastic that make paper cup not recyclable. So there are also a bit of like myth and misconception that we actually address it in trash encyclopedia. Even we also talk about receipts. Is receipt recyclable or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there are different kinds of receipts, and we actually also feature a video on how to identify uh, if, this re- uh, if this receipt is recyclable or if this uh, receipt is not recyclable. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I'm very guilty. You know, I always get the, they always ask you, would you like a receipt? And I always say, yes, maybe I need to start saying no, huh? Ah, <laughs> yeah, then that will be an ultimate goal because the <laughs> ultimate action is preventing waste preventing waste okay ah, okay yeah. so these are things that we need to and uh to, to keep in mind of course and you know for anyone listening right um you know i, I was looking through your faq and it, it's so it's so helpful right but just to make sure that people go and check it out you know can you just share you know what are some of the common types of plastics that we uh, that we find especially here in malaysia uh yeah that you know based on what you guys have found
0: So actually, uh, right now, the type of, uh, I would say the standard type of classification for plastic is uh, plastic number one to seven. Correct. Yeah. And also in Malaysia, the one that is widely recyclable are plastic number one, two and five. Yeah. yeah, so how do we actually identify them? We also cover it on our Trash Encyclopedia. Uh, everyone can find it through wastemalaysia.org. But let me uh, share a bit on how we can identify easily. It's actually just uh, go through your plastic recyclables. Just usually it will be at the bottom of your packaging. So try to look at the bottom of your packaging if there is uh, any triangle sign with a number. Yes. Yeah, so that's how uh, we can identify the plastic uh, number and whether or not if it's a one or two or five, uh, then this number will be actually widely accepted
1: or widely recycled in Malaysia. Okay, yeah. so if you find another number, that means those are just not recyclable uh, or not likely to be recycled here in Malaysia?
0: Yeah, unless you are able to find a uh, recycling centre uh, that willing to actually accept them because... um. For any kind of recycling activities, it's really about um, how much profit that the recycle can actually get get Generates from it. Right? So at yeah. the moment, yeah, at the moment, it's one two five that will actually bring more uh, sort of like profit income to the recycle. So it's really depends on uh, the costing lah. Mm-hmm. But I would say um, this will also cause a lot of uh, challenges where. Other low quality uh, plastic number that could not, that potentially could be recycled, being not able to recycle because of the
1: costing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and I think that's so where extended uh, producer responsibility also comes in, right? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. To make sure that um, every, uh, I would say, to make sure that the the whole recycling industry could have a. Uh, if we're talking about just plastic alone, not one to seven, Mm -hmm. if let's say we are able to make sure that the price or the profit margin is not too too huge gap between plastic number one uh, to recycle plastic number four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so to actually balance out the profit and also uh, for extended producer responsibility to take in account is how they can design, uh, maybe Mm -hmm. how they can design a thing that actually made entirely from just one type of material. Yeah. So when we say one type of material means maybe uh the whole maybe the whole bottle packaging is made from just plastic number one. Okay. Then it will be easier to actually uh, recycle. Because right now, um if we are just talking about a bottle alone, maybe different components will make from different types of material.
1: Yeah. So this also increases the complexity when it comes to uh, recycling. Yeah. Okay. All right. So and and of course, you know, if even though it has the, you know, that so-called Mobius loop, right? That 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 universal sign for recycling, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, the recycling centers will actually accept it, right? Based on what you've just told us. Yes
0: yes yes. So one is actually uh maybe the profit is not that high so mm. that's why they don't recycle they don't they don't take it uh, even though technically theoretically textbook is actually recyclable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And second is contaminations. Mm. So if let's say it's uh it's a dirty recyclables um which commonly happens here because uh we tap out a lot um uh, sometimes we forget to wash our container, uh, then the Tupperware is gets a bit oily. Because you, you know like Malaysian food, we have a lot of like sambal, nasi lemak. Don't get me wrong, I love Malaysian food. But because of uh, this uh, the, the food content, it might actually contaminate the uh, packaging. So if let's say even though this is recyclable, uh, if let's say it's too dirty, it will also seldom be accepted by a lot of recyclers, mm. so that's why uh, contamination is also one of the uh, factors that will lead to uh, um, a low recyc- uh, low collection rate. So that's why um, in our trash PDA outreach program, we always encourage uh, that you have we have to practice to make sure our recyclables are clean and dry. Mm. I think that's also part of the. Uh, usual default habits uh happen in Japan where <laughs> a lot of uh citizens in Japan they train since young they're trained to wash their recyclables. Very good. Yeah. yeah so there is a reason being yeah to make sure that um um the recycling rate uh, could be uh, the, the profit la, I would say because I would say uh the more pure your recyclable is uh the easier uh I would say the easier recycling process can carry out because uh, washing is also one of the process where if let's say it's too contaminated, it's very hard. Lah.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, and that's where you wanted to bring in this outreach program as well, right? Because uh, I think you you realized that people didn't quite uh, understand all of this, you know, that it's not as simple as just putting it in the recycle bin, right? You need to wash it, you need to, it needs to be in a certain way. So, I mean, and, and of course, you know, that's how you had the, the outreach program, right? Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, you know, how you guys have brought that to the community as well.
0: Mm, yeah, sure. So, after our publication of Trash Encyclopedia, because... Uh, it is an online tool, so yeah. we're not sure how how helpful is this online tool to the public or to the community. So that's why, uh, that's why we thought of, hey, uh, shall we actually work together with a community space, uh, to uh through this uh trash encyclopedia, uh, we let's do an outreach program, uh, so that we are able to teach. We are able to educate the local community on how they can do waste segregations. But also, most importantly, because uh, whenever people think about um, sustainable living, it's all about recycling. Yeah. Ah, so, uh, through Trash Trashpedia Outreach Program, and also, uh, Juliet, you also know us uh, quite a long while. Uh, what we really want to do is not about recycling. Correct. But <laughs> but... <laughs> recycling is the first uh, sort of like a Uh, step that we can open barrier, uh, we can open uh, to the people to learn about, okay, what's after recycling? So that's also the purpose of Trash Encyclopedia, where we teach people on the step-by-step how to segregate, but also what is the best way? The best way is actually, oh, maybe we can try to avoid it yeah, so through this Trash media outreach program, we uh we allow public uh around Subang Subang area to actually come and bring their recyclables. And we emphasize a lot that we only accept clean recyclables. Mm. So any dirty recyclables we will reject and return to the customers again. Yeah, so uh we uh we um we collect and then um also, there will be facilitated by our young zero waste explorers, age range around ten to twelve years old. Oh, so they, yeah, so they are the explorers that actually guide the customers on how to segregate on the spot. So through this exercise, uh we hope that the public around uh Subang could actually learn. Oh, okay, there is a, such a place where I can drop off my recyclables once a month. And also, I will be facilitated by all these young explorers. And also, I'm able to uh, maintain my habits of making sure my recyclables are clean. But most importantly, after the whole exercise, uh, our team uh, will also share them about, oh, what is zero waste living about? So how they can do beyond recycling. So, um, of course, uh, by the end of the program, we will actually tell people that, hey, how much kg of clean recyclables that we collected, but also ultimately, if let's say we are able to, um, we are able to get people to adopt a more low-waste lifestyle, mm-hmm. that will
1: be our ideal scenario as well. Yeah. Okay, okay. so you've, you've already done this program, right? But I, I, are you hoping to expand it, you know, to take it to more communities, maybe make it even uh, for corporates and companies, you know, as something that they can also partake in? Mm. So uh,
0: at the moment, we are actually activating this uh, in um, Park uh, Subang Ria uh, this month. Actually, last month was our first uh, first one together with Hara Makers in conjunction with Plastic Free July. Okay. So this coming month, we will be also having uh, another one and mm. also September. So ideally, um, we would like to actually focus on one community first, because we wanted to see how we can, uh, how we can provide like a mm, good example so that other community they can replicate as well. Okay. Yeah, because zero waste Malaysia, we are such a small team, and we cannot do everything. So our ideal scenario is uh, everyone who actually interested to activate this at their local area, they could also stop by uh, Park Subangria to learn and even to speak to us to see how they can also uh, activate Something like this. And we are very more than happy to share uh, how how we can actually do this uh, the the right way as well. And we do it a bit differently by engaging young explorers uh, was because uh, we wanted to educate the youth as well. And also we find that through our first exercise, um, public willing to open their ears to listening from the youth.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, Okay. (laughs) okay. Lovely. Okay, so a bit more receptive to it lah than unfortunately yes. hearing it from, from older folk as such. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. But also it gives us uh, another challenges that we have to train more uh, young explorers. Ah. But it also give us an, another sort of like a learning experience that eh, we know that uh, um, youth, um, people are more acceptive. Mm. People would like to actually learn from young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also... Uh, educating the young one is also not easy ah, because
1: (laughs) they are monkeys (laughs) (laughs) yes oh yes but that's so wonderful i mean that's such an investment that you're making you know i mean and and i can imagine i've got two kids so i know how hard it is but what an investment right because they are going to take that message across and of course it's their future that's going to be impacted by what we are doing today and what we've been doing all this while isn't it
0: Mm, yes. Okay,
1: yeah. okay. So but you know is this also something that maybe corporates can adopt as a CSR uh, initiative you know sometime in the in the long term uh would that be something that you're open to discussion about things like that?
0: Uh absolutely. So actually we did uh, a few already with uh, other corporates uh when it comes to their uh, sort of like an environmental day uh then uh, we actually connect them with a potential recycling partner so uh, the recycling partner could actually have uh sort of like a monthly collections but i would say um uh, we have been doing uh, like um a few mm-hmm. but we realized that to really make this uh a successful one it has to be a consistent it has to be a continuous uh engagement so it's not like once a year I don't know once a if it, it, it's not like uh once a year okay maybe world environmental day I only do this collection day Poor for my man. employees mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it cannot be because uh are, are we expecting employees to only uh wait for once a year collection day to drop off their recyclables mm-hmm. that that is something that uh, we tried before but we find out that um it has to be, uh, it has to be a continuous engagement because maybe some of the employees they really appreciate this uh, collection program or this environmental education program, but what's after? Yeah, yeah. Takkan is a one-off thing. Yeah, so that's why uh, when it comes to working with corporates, uh, we really focus on how, what's next, what is the continuous. Uh, uh, engagements because this is definitely a long term uh, sort of like a, a continuity program that they have to do because uh um because their employees will certainly uh, need to access uh, where can they drop off their, maybe, batteries? Where can they drop off their laptop? Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not, it, sh- it should not be a one-off program.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so look into, you know, adopting it as a policy in your company. Yes. Uh, that is something that we, we uh, that you guys really, really want to um, advocate. But of course, you know, bottom line, right, we want to go zero waste, isn't it? We want to uh, remind folks that, you know, recycling is probably one of the last sort of um, options, right? The best thing to do, of course, is to reduce, isn't it? That's our mm. reduce, re- but uh, come. Can you give us the the usual, the the breakdown of? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, we advocate for the 5 R principle that uh, uh, are presented by Zero Waste Home, uh, the uh, the author of Zero Waste Home, B. Johnson. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first R is always start with refuse because we believe that uh, by saying no, by uh refusing, we are able to prevent creating waste from the first place. So just now when we talk about oh receipt, we can say no. Then we don't even need to bring the receipt back home and then figure out oh, if it's recyclable or not. It's too complicated. Right. Yeah. So by practicing refusing, we are actually able to reduce a lot, a lot of potential waste that we can bring back to home. Then the second one is actually reduce, to reduce our consumptions, um, to focus more on experience over stuff, to reduce our belongings as well. And the third one is actually reuse, to reuse whatever we already have. So when we talk about um, zero waste living, uh, perhaps people have, um, uh, including me, myself, we have the perspective, uh, perceptions that, oh, zero waste living is about uh, having a stainless steel water bottle. It's about having a stainless steel uh, takeaway container. Not necessary. So um zero waste living, the whole principle is actually really to reuse whatever we already have. If we already have a very functional water bottle, use that. Don't necessarily to buy new unless you really need it. (laughs) Because back to the reduce, to reduce uh, what we need, to reuse what we already have. Then the fourth one is actually recycle. So to recycle what we cannot refuse, reduce and reuse. Because when we talk about recycling, um, it's a whole new uh, complex ecosystem where a lot of energy will be actually used up for recycling process. But we still consider recycling as part of the ecosystem because um, certainly there is there is always something that we cannot refuse reduce reuse mm-hmm. so that's why recycling is also part of the R principle yeah but we always remember in the order yeah last but not least will be rot to compost our food waste yeah so rot is actually composting and um and uh, just a fun fact about malaysia uh, 50% of our household waste are actually organic waste that potentially could be transformed into rich nutrient fertilizer for our soil. Yeah, so uh, that's why rot is also very important in the 5R Principle. Yeah, okay. so there we go. The five R principles that Zero Waste Malaysia advocate for.
1: Mm-hmm. And and words to live by, you know, ways to live by, definitely. So, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do. Um, and of course, you know, I guess the first thing we can do is just head to the Trashpedia website. Yeah, and that's, as you mentioned, trashpedia.zerowastemilicia.org. It is so informative, you know, it is really all the information is there. Uh, you just need to head there to, to get, and you've broken it down, you know, to the types of plastics, uh, where to recycle, there's a waste quiz even, you've got your FAQs, everything is there. But of course, the outreach program. So that's happening once a month at the moment at at, at Park Subang Ria?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the coming one is happening very, very soon, which is on the 26th of August uh, from 11am to 4pm at Park Subang Ria. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you can just uh, Google Park Subangria and then you'll be able to see uh, a bunch of young explorers that we engage with uh, Rich Hero Edu uh, to facilitate you on how uh, and also answering you some of you,
1: your doubts about recyclability of a certain item. Yeah. Okay, alright. So do we need to sign up or anything like that or can we just uh, come to Subang? Just come, okay. yeah, just come and then uh, our uh, we will actually have you to register
0: on the spot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. also other than Trashpedia uh, Outreach Program, uh, there will be also a repairs, uh, repair exercise as well where uh, we encourage uh, if you have any broken electronics, you can also uh, pop by because uh, Kaki Repair will be there to teach you hands-on how to repair your broken items.
1: Nice. Yeah. Okay, okay. So very collaborative effort there. Lots of things that we can learn and take back and then hopefully, you know, uh, put into play in our own communities as well, right?
0: Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, nice. so I would say that uh, uh, I just follow uh, Zero Waste Malaysia social media because on the 26th, uh, maybe some of you might be thinking, oh, dropping by there for recy- uh, recyclables might be a bit too uh, too boring, blah, blah, blah. But there are... Uh, Some other activities, but balloon fix yet. (laughs) Some other activities that is coming on the way uh, and then we will be able to share more uh, because on the same day, uh, aside from the Kaki Repair uh, events, uh, there will also be uh, some nature-based learning kind of workshops that will be organised by other community groups as well. Nice,
1: nice. Okay, so it will be like a a fun day, really, right, for everybody. There's something for everyone pretty much, right? Yes, family friendly. Family friendly. Okay, excellent. So thank you so much uh, for joining me today. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and you know, always leave thinking you know with things to think about. So again, you know, as Suyi mentioned, just follow them on social media. Just search for zero waste Malaysia. So that's Facebook, Instagram, uh, any other that we uh, Twitter, Twitter, and. Mm, no. I think Facebook uh Facebook Instagram will be great for for okay. now yeah because right. um, most of our updates are very uh much on Facebook page Facebook group and Instagram okay yeah. all right so follow you guys on there but of course there's the website and that's zero waste uh you know a wonderful resource for everybody you know if you'd like to get started on uh, a more sustainable way of living uh but you know if you miss any part of our conversation today you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my earth you can also Find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9,
0: the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.